Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Welcome. Today, my guests are Bev Martin and Jeff Haler. So Jeff joined us last season, and in our interview, whenever I would ask him what motivated or inspired him to do this thing that he was working on, he said, well, that's because of my wife. So it became clear that we needed to interview both of them. So thank you both for joining us today. Good morning. Hello. So some of the things that Jeff and I talked about is love of animals, animal sanctuaries, veganism, and more. And he very specifically said that you, Bev, inspired him to to do some of those things. And I was hoping that we could just kind of dive in into that a little bit. So if you listen to this podcast for a little bit, you hopefully have picked up that I'm a belief-driven individual. And so I'm always fascinated by the values that motivate other people. And so do you identify as a belief-driven individual? I, I totally think so. Um, I, I think even before I knew what that meant, it was um, I had a very good sense of what was right and what was wrong. And uh, even at a very early age when we were my mother was Irish so uh, we had like our meals were very much always like meat and two veg meat and two veg meat and two veg lots of potatoes and stuff like that gotta love a potato so um, but even then I didn't really enjoy it and um, I think that the older I got the the more I could identify with like why I didn't enjoy it and but I couldn't didn't have a word for it exactly I just knew that I didn't like it and then I think when I was about 13 or 14 years old, I was walking down the high street with a friend of mine and somebody handed me a pamphlet and it was a PETA pamphlet, E-T-A. And there was a photo on the front of it and it was of a cow about to be slaughtered. It had a gun to its head. And anybody who looked at that photo could not realize that that animal was terrified. And I didn't want to be a part of that i didn't like, i've always believed that all people are equal you know that it doesn't matter what color you are what religion you are you know where you were born where you're going what you do for a living everybody is equal in my book and uh and then that suddenly twigged for me that you know why are animals any different you know this this animal had pure terror on its face and the, the fact that i might have been contributing to that disgusted me Absolutely. So I went home and told my parents that I wasn't going to eat meat anymore, that I was going to become a vegetarian. And my parents didn't know what to do with that. So at that time, there wasn't like all this mass manufacturing of vegan foods and vegetarian foods that you get now by any means. We had a small health food store, a Holland and Barrett store in our hometown in Ride. And um, they would occasionally have like things that were vegetarian, like homity pies, and I would have that. My mum like, did go and find stuff for me, um, but otherwise it was just like vegetables. So I had vegetables, potatoes, vegetables, potatoes, and did that for the longest time until I was old enough to be able to find like-minded people like where I was living and I found cookery books and stuff like that. So it was at a time when it was pre-trendy to be this way. I just knew that I believed very strongly that I could not contribute to that anymore. And um, and have so stopped. Have you had any meat since? No, I did crave it very badly when I was pregnant. I I craved um, roast beef mm. so bad. Did you so 
prepared. Answer to that craving at all? No, I did. Like, I was tempted to, and I know. Like, I said to a couple of people, "I want to do this," and like, I remember a friend of mine. She put um, chicken wings on my plate once, and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to eat it. I, you know, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, um, no, I'm trying." <laughs> so, so uh, your daughter's a little bit older, a little bit older than my kiddo. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the last temptation, if you will, that you had for meat would have been what? um, Yeah. Almost 17 years ago. Right. So then you've been a vegetarian then for how many years, if I may ask? Too many to answer. Um, How old am I now? Um, 37 years. 37 years. Okay. That's pretty awesome. So what values, love of all beings and appreciation that uh everybody is is equal or should be treated equally absolutely and what else maybe motivates that motivates the not eating meat uh yeah yeah i think um there's there's a lot that goes into it there really is i mean um one of the things that i dislike is when and this is no disrespect to anybody who eats meat i mean i'm at that stage in my life now where I've gone through the feisty stage where believing everyone should do what I do. I don't care. Just leave me alone and let me do what I want to do. And I'll let you do what you want to do. But if you ask me, then expect an answer, you know, and if you don't like the answer, then you shouldn't have asked basically. Mm-hmm. But, so, but when I see things like the, um, the advertising that goes into meat and dairy, and it's just all such a lie. I mean, like anybody who has any desire to be vegetarian can, can do some research on YouTube or Google or whatever and see that the conditions the animals are in is absolutely appalling. But yet you see on the, the TV advertisements and like in the magazines and everything else, it's all blue skies and green fields and like fluffy lambs and everything else. But in fact, the conditions that the animals are kept in are barbaric. So we're talking really specifically about like our multinational Yep. things where uh, one of the terms that is used are CAFOs, right? Yeah, absolutely. The CAFOs are just barbaric. I mean, they yeah. never even see the light of day. Right. You know, it's just like a conveyor belt for like birth to living a very short and like drug-ridden life to mm-hmm. death um, just because, you know, people have this need to eat meat. And again, whatever. But I don't. I think that people who do eat meat should educate themselves on where it comes from. Absolutely. And obviously living in Michigan, I was exposed to like first meeting Jeff and his friends and stuff, as you know, he's from Greenville and there's a lot of people that live in Greenville that hunt Mm -hmm. and they were all like, or a lot of them were like, oh, I bet you don't like what I do, blah, blah, blah. And in actual fact, I do have more respect for them. I still wouldn't eat it, but I have more respect for somebody who goes out and kills an animal themselves, kills it cleanly and uses all parts of that animal than somebody who very blindly um, goes to Walmart and picks up something from a freezer shelf, not knowing where it comes from. So there's a value and responsibility there as well. Absolutely. I think so. And people, you know, again, when I was a child, like meat was very expensive. Sure. Um, a lot of people like to have chicken on a Sunday for a roast dinner, but it was very, very expensive. And then all of a sudden you go through like 20, 25 years or so. And like the price of chicken on the shelves is so cheap, you know, and it's because they, um, they've altered the way that the chicken's life is to the fact that they can produce like white breast meat quicker, like in a shorter amount of time by giving them certain drugs. 
right. to get that out on the shelf because that's what people want. They believe it's healthy and it's now ridiculously cheap. I mean, you can go and get like um, seven chicken nuggets for a dollar, as I'm constantly told on TV. Oh. You know I mean? So if you work backwards and like work out the value of that animal, it's next to nothing. Right. Well, you could take like in our grocery store, I can, the cheapest chicken you can purchase is $1.99 a pound for chicken breast at the, the local um, Fred Meyer, which is a Kroger branded store uh, here, here in Portland. But if I were to go to a local farm and purchase a whole chicken, it would cost anywhere between six and $10 a pound for one five to eight pound chicken. Mm -hmm. It's just, and I understand that everything is market driven. Um, but again, it's at the expense of that animal. And again, going back to the fact that it used to be thought that like chicken meat was like the perfect protein, like right. white breast meat. So again, they, they've like altered the way that the animal lives and the way that the meat is produced on that to drive the market, you know, which is inherently like bad for the chicken itself. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just trying to drive it out quicker and quicker and quicker with like the best meat. I mean, the way that a lot of chickens look in these organizations now is nothing like the way that a chicken should look. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're bred so that they have like a big breast um, and they obviously that alters the balance of their body, which means that they can't stand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a business. And again, if you go back to the thing that, you can see plenty of things where animals have emotions, they like to play, they like to do this, they form relationships, etc. And that's just voiding everything. It's just completely dismissing the fact that this is actually a sentient being. It has, like, it wants to do certain things and they're not being allowed to do so. And simply turned into a commodity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so eventually Jeff got on board because... Mm -hmm. You were cooking, you guys were cooking separate meals in your home. I kind of sort of, I was like, I don't know how to do this, so I'm not going to. Uh -huh. I, didn't, I didn't ask her to either, no. though. Yeah. I did, I did everything that I wanted myself. And then it turned into, like I said, the last time I just turned to like, well, I'm just going to be, I don't feel like doing this myself. And, you know, I did just have a point. It didn't make sense to have two different dinners. So I would just be like, well, I'm just going to hop on board and, just kind of get what I can, like have somebody else do it for me, like go to a Chili's or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much where the, the seed was planted for me personally. Mm -hmm. And then, and then to kind of use a, use an old, old term of being worn down. I just, <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's like, it's not in a bad way, but it's just like when I see more and I understand more and it just kind of chips away at, Mm -hmm. what I'm normally used to seeing. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, well, this has to be, there's, there's a lot of validity to it validated, you know, everything that was kind of in front of me that I never really thought about before. So, I mean, it just, it opened up a door basically after all of that, after all of that, uh, seeing, you know, the, the different things, everything that my wife how how well I was articulated made sense and then obviously seeing with my own eyes mm -hmm. so, and there was a big combination of that and just turned into well okay my my laziness turned in <laughs> turned into turned into understanding turned and in, hunger turned, and hunger, <laughs> turned into turned into you know understanding turned into hopping on board to 
an advocation. I mean, there was a, it grew. It was, a, it was such a, and it's still to this day, it's, it keeps growing and evolving a little bit here and there anyway. But mm-hmm. that's where the seed was planted, you know, basically. So, I mean, nice. being, lazy, being lazy isn't so bad sometimes. Like, <laughs> well, we're, we're doing this interview during the global pandemic where maybe a certain amount of laziness, if you've been furloughed and such from your job, just is kind of fine to help you survive right now. So, yeah. <laughs> we're actually talking to you between naps. So, <laughs> 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 I like schedules. So, so, I think it's important to get those in. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's, there's a belief that all beings should have some semblance of their own, I'm going to say sovereignty, responsibility, a love of, of creatures. Uh, and then there was something else we had mentioned earlier, and I can't remember. So, what I'm, so those are sort of the values that have shaped your, your diet plan, right? But I would imagine that these values bleed into other aspects of your life. I mean, they're, they're values, so uh, how do you think that kind of runs on, well, first, what of these values do you share, Jeff? If, well, or, or what are different? Well, they're, they're really not. I mean, sovereignty is a good word. Um, when I look at somebody like you, me, or anybody else, um, and this is kind of a, I don't know how, how well this is going to be taken, but none of us have, none of us have asked to be here per se, but we need to make the best of being here and the the person next to you or the animal next to you or anything else next to you didn't ask to be here either. So it's to the point in my mind where we should just live, live and let live, you know, don't, you know, help, help your neighbor. Don't, <laughs> don't be a jerk, you know, thing, you know, just really, really basic, mild things that could, you know, be such a help. Don't say things that are, you know, be nice. If it doesn't sound nice, don't say it, you know, just, just things like that. So I think that people need to understand that everything that's here didn't ask to be here, but we need to make it work within each other. So that's, that's kind of where I am as far as, beliefs go and as far as how how i'm motivated every day to treat somebody because it's mm-hmm. no it's no different if that makes any sense to you yeah I, it does to me i'm gonna leave it there uh okay one of the things that you mentioned was the um bev the sort of fallacy of how our meat production works mm-hmm. you know we we see these pictures of green fields, like you said, and, and, you know, these happy smiling animals. But when you look at the manufacturing process of the large scale farms, it's Mm -hmm. a very, it's a very, very different reality. Also our local places like governments and whatnot will often tell us we need so much meat to, we Mm -hmm. have to get our protein from meat. And that's not true either. Absolutely. So could you both kind of educate the uneducated as far as what you have found in your research and living this lifestyle? What do you need to keep your body with the right amount of energy and the right amount of, um, you know, nutrition to keep you going for a day? Mm-hmm. I think Jeff is actually probably better <laughs> equipped to answer that because it's going to be part of his future study. So, oh, yes. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know. There's, there is a balance there. You can get everything that you need. You know, your pro proteins are always the biggest one and you can get those from any, any, any form of bean. You can get it from peanut butter. You need your, you need fat as well. Even though people are like, Oh, fat's bad. Well, you got to have some, you know, you have to have some to burn, you know, you, your, your fiber comes from your fruits and vegetables, which helps in your digestion. Also in your hydration as well, your fruits and vegetables. So as far as getting, getting nutrition, you can shop the outside of your store, you know, and mm -hmm. find, you know, you know, let's get some apples, let's get some broccoli, you know, let's get, you know, let's, let's maybe find some squash. Let's get into something a little different, you know, just something that's not riddled with so many things. Like if you can't hold it in your hand and say, Hey, this is a banana. Instead of you hold a box and says, Hey, this is a hostess donut. <laughs> there's, <laughs> You know, there's a lot, if you, you could have the same amount of calories in a donut as you could in a banana and an apple, but the nutrition value is vastly different. It's, it's exactly. so, it's, it's such a disparity and, you know, you know, just work, just, just those things right there. It makes a huge difference as far as what you put in there. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that donut. You know, I'm not saying, you know, everybody you know, needs a little bit of comfort, especially now. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that that's bad, but if you have a box of them and they're gone in a few days, as compared to you have a box of them and they're gone in a month is a little different story, you know, save them for a good moment. You know, but as far as nutrition goes, you know, you there's so many ways that you can get your proteins, your, your vitamins, you know, any nutrient, you know, we still, there's, I don't know. I could go on and on and on about, you know, what does what, you know, what broccoli gives you, what, mm -hmm. you know, what cauliflower gives you, what celery gives you, you know, tomatoes, you know, apples, bananas, dates, buckwheat, chia, <laughs> hemp hearts, <laughs> quinoa, all of it. So there, I mean, that, and that's what I live on. And this, this is a person, me talking that I just got done running 10 miles yesterday mm -hmm. and you know i'm i am a fitness i don't i don't i'm an advocate for fitness mm -hmm. so i make sure that i you know do that but i'm also very very uh conscious of what i put in you know it's just like you know you put gas in your car to make it run if you don't put the right gas in your car it's not going to move and you know if you put water in your gas tank Obviously, the wrong thing is, you know, mm -hmm. water in your gas tank in your car is not going to work well. You know, you put, you know, you put garbage in your body, it's not going to work well. It's the same kind of, uh, I forget the word that I'm looking for here, but it's the same, you know, the comparisons are the same. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, like, what, the way that you want to eat is fine. But the, the most important thing to do is do research on exactly what you are eating. I mean, you might think that you're, you know, you listen to what the government tells you and what certain medical people tell you and everything else. And so you want to follow those guidelines, but look at what you actually are doing. For example, they say you're supposed to drink milk. Um, it's supposed to be good for your body, but look at actually what is in there. Research the company. A lot of um, milk companies put aspartame in there to sweeten the milk. And it's like, it's such a small amount that they don't actually need to put it on the label, but nevertheless, it is in there. Aspartame is not good for you. You know, so if you can go to a local co-op 
or you can go to your local farm if you're blessed enough to have one close by and buy something straight from the source. You know, it's like if you want to eat meat, then do what you do, you know. Make sure that you can get the best that you can afford to get. Don't just blindly put things into your bodies and your children's bodies because you just don't know what the hell really is going on. If you want to start researching the meat industry, then do so. Look into the what what they give their animals. Like decide whether or not you want antibiotics and steroids in your system and your children's system. Don't just blindly shove things down your throat, you know. And if that growing awareness uh, makes you change the way that you eat, then it's good. You know, you should. This is like a fundamental thing. Like Jeff was saying, the fuel that you put in your body has got to be good. Otherwise, you're not going to be at the best. Look at how many people are obese, how many people are having heart attacks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Be the person who is control, is in control of your body. Do your research. So by enacting in that responsibility of learning about the food system, because unfortunately, uh, there have been lies and a lot of miseducation over the Absolutely. years. And, and yeah, and it is fascinating to learn like what actually goes into the production, how the animals mm -hmm. are actually treated, and what our bodies actually need. So if we can take this invitation to be more responsible, and then that in turn would kind of give us our own sovereignty and control of our food. Absolutely. Too, Absolutely. I mean, if you're not in control of your own body, then who the hell is? You know, and if you're finding yourself like overweight and out of breath and unable to do things, the only person who's responsible for that is you. Don't put that onus on anybody else. You know, you need to look at what you're doing, look at what you're not doing and change it. So, and again, like going back to the meat industry, and I know this is like a pedestal maybe, but um, I mean, there's been a lot of reports of um, meat packaging corporations whose their employees, employees right now there's huge amounts that are sick from COVID-19, huge and huge amounts. I mean, there was one here yesterday in Michigan that was reported, like 70 cases of people who were sick. Now, we know that COVID-19 can jump from animals to people and back again. It's where it started. And yet this is like a mass production of meat that's going to go out into the public. Is this healthy? Is it heck? You know, it's like, you know, look at this and think about it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's... I don't know. It's crazy. You had a thought, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking because everybody's a, well, not everybody, but there's people that are proponents for change and everybody's like, change what you do, change this, change that. And I want to, I always invite somebody just to change one little thing about their life and, and make it stick first before they do a big giant wholesale. I mean, people want to be healthy. But to do a big giant wholesale change of their life is pretty overwhelming in itself. Mm -hmm. So to do, to maybe try, you know, somebody that local that has better animal husbandry than everybody else, you know, try, try your local person once and, and see what, see how it works and, and try to build one, one habit before you jump off the deep end on this, you know, basically it's, it's just to set yourself up to build good habits for future so it becomes a habit and doesn't become something that's stressful and cha change is stressful. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're all dealing with this big change right now, but change is stressful. And if you go to undertake change like that so, so quickly, it's, you're not going to be as successful as you'd hope you would be. So that's, you know, that's my point. When you're ever going to under, 
undertake something like this that you just do it in small teeny tiny baby steps you know just little bits at a time so you can build build this great big thing whatever it is that you want to build for yourself that's that's my point for pretty much everything that i as i preach at for everybody that's great uh at the time of this recording we're actually going to be doing an essential oil self-care class and we're going to talk about that exact thing and with mm-hmm. regard to like swapping out products and things so that we're not we're reducing our toxic load okay i am really curious how these values have shaped your plate we've talked about that but how does this shape other aspects of your life maybe your work your interactions with your um loved ones that sort of thing well (laughs) (laughs) there's we're kind of let's just we'll go with an easy one we're conscious buyers as far as our clothing um our vehicles um things of that nature as far as we try to make sure the best that we can that everything is secondhand um, to kind of ease the load of the demand of new stuff. Um, you know, we, we abstain from leather, let's say that's a that's a big one. So when we shop for our vehicles, we go for practicality and make sure, you know, that there's things in there that didn't contribute to this to begin with. Um, as far as other purchases go we just make sure i mean this is for purchasing that we make sure that it's we try to think along the line of okay where did this come from and how did it get to me sort of thing you know what what did it take for us to get this right here and if it's something that is questionable we just don't buy it we don't do it um and we do a little more homework on it to maybe find i don't know a different option and we kind of go from there and socially (laughs) socially it can be challenging yeah as in we don't have a social life we don't get invited to dinner very often (laughs) but it's 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 almost uh self-imposed as well just just because the stress for the host Mm -hmm. it's absolutely like well what do i what can i do what can i do what can i make can you have this can you have that it's i don't ever want to put that on anybody so we do meet in the middle it's like let's go to a restaurant let's we'll bring dinner we'll bring dinner sort of thing just it's a little awkward in that regard as far as people wanting to do things and we're just like no just you don't have to go to that trouble mm-hmm. you know it's it's we appreciate it but it's really now if you want to know a little more about it you know let's let's work on it but it's just it's just something for us to where it's like you don't have to go to the trouble we'll come to you we'll mm-hmm. you know we'll do the thing and everybody's happy what's your favorite dinner to bring to a friend's house mm. yeah, a vegan pizza is actually pretty easy jeff loves pizza I love curry, mm-hmm. so we found a really good curry house in, in Grand Rapids on 28th Street that um, will veganize anything that we want, so, yeah. but I grew up in Britain, curry you can have for breakfast, dinner and tea, so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> as far as availability goes, you know, stuff like that, um, another, like a, a Mexican dish is pretty, mm-hmm. are pretty easy to veganize as well, so yeah. it's good. it depends on who 
you know, where we're going and what, what the mood is, you know. Balance Shared is curated by me, Michelle Lassley, and produced by Matt Hunter. The instrumental music Grass by Silent Partner is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a sponsor. Email hello at michellelassley.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.